This past Monday on Labor Day, we had a big family party at my parents' house. There's a number of birthdays around this time of year, one of which was my uncle, who turned 50 within the last couple of weeks. So he was kind of the honored guest uh, of the party. And earlier on in the evening, there was a time where a lot of us were telling stories uh, about my uncle Mike. And my grandpa got up and told one in particular Uh, that was quite moving and quite stirring. Uh, It goes back to when my uncle Mike was a little kid, maybe about six or seven years old or so. And my grandpa came home from work one day to find that my little uncle Mike had purposely torn a page out of a library book. It was the book The Rest of the Story by Paul Harvey. It was a collection of a lot of his little stories and vignettes. For those of you under the age of 30, I know you don't know who Paul Harvey is. Uh, He was a great radio host, one of the most famous radio hosts of all time. But my uncle had torn this page out of the library book on purpose. And my grandpa is a very practical man, especially when it comes to discipline. Uh, He always wanted to reform Uh, But he also wanted to teach a valuable lesson whenever he could. So we told my little Uncle Mike to go to his piggy bank and account how much money was in it. And they amounted to about $2.38 or so. And they both drove to the library together. But my grandpa went into the library first and talked one-on-one with the librarian and told her what had happened. And said, listen, you know, what's the cost of the book? He said, oh, about $11 or so. And he said, okay, I'll pay the difference, but my son's going to come in here in a minute, and he's going to have about $2.38. And you are to tell him that is how much this book costs. I'll pay the rest of it, of course. Uh, And he told the librarian, he said, I don't want you to go easy on him. I don't want you to scar him for life either, but I don't want you to go easy on him. I want this to be a bit of a life lesson kind of a moment. And so my uncle Mike then came in with his head very down and you know, brought low with shame. And he told the librarian what happened in a very kind of muffled little voice. And at one point she said, speak up, I can't hear you. And uh, she eventually said that that'll be $2.38. And so my Uncle Mike had to hand the librarian every dime that he had. And he and my grandpa went home with the book, I might add. And there was a good conversation had in the car and it was a beautiful life lesson kind of moment. And both of them, looking back many, many years later, see that as a quite seminal moment in their relationship. It was a beautiful lesson of love. Tough love, for sure, but a love that had the best interest of the other at heart. Yes, my uncle had to learn a bit of a valuable lesson that day. And my grandpa dished out a little bit of disciplined family style, but one that had a great impact. Now, it's not easy sometimes if you're a parent and know this to discipline your kid in that way because no one enjoys seeing your child miserable or upset. That's why it's hard to discipline because you know it's going to make them feel bad in the moments. But at the end of the day, a parent disciplines and instructs because they know what is truly for the good of their child at the end of the day. It is a good that the child might not be able to see in that moment and Again, especially with my Uncle Mike, that's fine. That comes with age and maturity. But there is the good that is had in mind by the one who loves even when it is tough. And the same is true with our God, brothers and sisters. Today, our readings offer us two seemingly contrasting ideas. Our first reading in our gospel speak of instructing, admonishing, and warning 
the sinner and our obligation to do so, the responsibility that we have to warn those that we love when they are in the wrong. And our second reading, seemingly by contrast, emphasizes love of neighbor as the sum total of the commandments of God. And I truly love this combination that we get today because even though many people might see these ideas as at odds with each other or seemingly pit them against each other, they are both actually important to be seen together. And we get an answer maybe of how this works in another passage from one of St. Paul's letters, the letter to the Corinthians. From that famous love is patient, love is kind reading that we often hear whenever we go to a wedding. There's an often overlooked line near the end of that reading that I think speaks to us in a particular way today. And it is this. Love rejoices not in wrongdoing, but rejoices in the truth. Love rejoices not in wrongdoing, but rejoices in the truth. It's a beautiful line that means a lot to us. From that line, we learn that real love rejoices not when someone we love is doing something wrong and allowing them to do so, but rejoices rather in them coming to the truth and changing their lives accordingly. Because to let someone continue doing wrong is not truly love. My grandpa would not have been loving my uncle if he would have let him continue to do what he did or overlooked it and saw it as no big deal. My uncle would have never learned that important life lesson, and it wouldn't have been a beautiful part of their relationship even today. To love my uncle in that moment was to teach him that important lesson. And we know from the philosopher Aristotle over 2,000 years ago that to love is to will the good for another, to help move them from what is bad to good and from error to truth. And so what is this good that we are called to help will towards others? Maybe it can help by contrasting the Christian good with the good that our world has in mind. Our world considers our greatest good and our most profound sense of flourishing to be unfettered freedom and total self-actualization. That is the key to our happiness in the eyes of the world, that we can do what we want when we want and anything that gets in the way of that is oppressive and wrong. That is the highest good we can seemingly achieve. And in this light, to love someone is to affirm them in what it is that they are doing, in their unfettered freedom and self-actualization. That is what our world believes to be love, that affirmation. Now, don't get me wrong. We need affirmation, brothers and sisters. And our identity is who we are as beloved sons and daughters of God. We need that affirmation because oftentimes that is a unique and important part of love. But to only affirm without regard for what is right and wrong would be to ignore what is truly good for us. And in that sense, it would be false love. Real love, by contrast, seeks to move our beloved to greater goodness, to higher virtue, and from error to truth. And as Catholics, we know the greatest good that we can help will for another is heaven. To help someone that we love and care about get to heaven. And that is why my grandpa did what he did all those many years ago. 
So that my uncle would not learn to tear pages out of a library book. He taught him in, in that also maybe the value of hard work and the consequences of what happens when we do something wrong. Or even just to respect the possessions of others. But my grandpa also did it with a great deal of compassion, mercy, and empathy too. Because he ended up paying far more money toward that book than my uncle ever did. And he sort of walked with him through that entire ordeal. He went with him to the library, was behind him, encouraging him to say those difficult words to the librarian. And even the extent of that punishment, so to speak, was important. There really wasn't any punishment beyond simply paying for that book. He didn't want my uncle to be scarred for life or traumatized by it. He wanted it to be something that would be meaningful, something that they could even look back on and maybe even laugh about as an adult, as we all did at my house this past Monday. Love and truth are present in equal measure in that story. They go together and they need each other. And in just the same way, brothers and sisters, our Lord was just as loving when he had to correct behavior and call people out on this earth. He was just as loving there as he was in showing mercy to the sinner or healing to the infirm. He did all of those things with real compassion. And so both of these things are equally examples of loving behavior. We cannot divorce truth from love and love from truth. They both need each other extensively. And to love one is to lead one to the truth, or at least help that person to fall in love with the truth, namely Jesus Christ. And so for us, whenever we have to admonish and warn someone, we must always remember to do it in a way that we are anxious to amend, but not eager to wound the other in the process. And maybe when we have to receive a little bit of tough love, as we all probably have at some course of our life, whether it's from a parent, a teacher, or a coach, we have to do it with humility, to see in it the love of someone who cares about us, who wants us to reach our highest good, and to see something that isn't affirmation as love instead. And it was so beautiful to see at the end of our evening on Monday when he was done sharing this story, my grandpa took out a bag. And in that bag was the book, The Rest of the Story by Paul Harvey. And gave it to my uncle for his 50th birthday present. <laughs> Brothers and sisters, may our hearts be full of love for our neighbor. And may our love always rejoice not in wrongdoing, but rejoice in the truth. <laughs>